Welcome, welcome, welcome to Adventures into Reality. I am your host, Andrew Bartzes. I am joined by my intrepid co-host, Kathy Ma. Hi, it's great to be here. I absolutely love doing these Monday shows. Adventures into Reality is so much fun. (laughs) And yesterday we had an incredible show on charting your course. Oh, yeah. It was amazing. It was really great to have the opportunity to talk about so many issues that we've been dealing with on the show and in our private sessions with people and to be able to just talk and have our ideas go out and our theories and ways to do things was really wonderful. Yes. Yesterday's show was the, the Big Bad Dating Show, and it was two hours of Kathy and I bringing up a variety of subjects for the freshly awakened person or those people going back to look at the basics of the awakening process and how dating and, and relationships affect us, how business and relationships affect us, how in general the growth process is breaking the cycles, not stepping on the journeys of others. Yes. I mean, they're such big topics and they're personal to all of us because you just can't go through life without being touched by any of these topics. You know, whether it's a love relationship or even just a relationship, even if you're a hermit, there is relationships with people. I guess unless you're living in the top of the mountain in the middle of nowhere, then maybe not. <laughs> yeah, unless, they have mountain, <laughs> unless they have mountainhermitdating.com. <laughs> Ah, good business idea. <laughs> exactly, good business idea. It'll only work for the introvert hermits. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't think we'll bother registering that domain just yet. <laughs> not, not, not just yet, exactly. <laughs> and, and some of the other things that we t- we talked upon is how people grow apart in relationships. And that's, that's common on our show. We get people calling all the time where one is a spiritual life and the one doesn't. Yes, and it's always a challenge because often people in such varying different stages of their own spiritual development or their journey or whether they're not even on the journey at all yet. And how do you cope with that? How do you reconcile that within yourself and move forward within a relationship as well as the spiritual development within yourself? Right. And those people who run into the, their highly spiritual developed and their partner or mate isn't, and then they don't allow their partner or mate to truly love them because they have a fear that they're dirty or they're not taking care of themselves or they're not on their journey at all. Mm, yeah, that's a tough one, you know, because often self-esteem is so intertwined with everything, sense of self-worth and what you feel that your value is and whether you are worthy of love and sharing a life with someone. That's right. Worthy of love. And that was one of the repeating topics that we got over and over again, especially when it's coming to the victim and tyrant process. Are you going to be worthy of love instead of victimizing and being a tyrant to, to yourself or to have to others? Because it is a something every relationship has. And in fact, even with a relationship to yourself, you can be a victim and a tyrant to yourself, constantly belittling yourself in your mind or cutting yourself down or making statements that are bold in your mind, but you would never say them out loud. Mm, Yes. You know, that little voice inside you, like, dare I say it? Dare I say it? (laughs) Dare I say it? Dare I say it? Mm, Yeah. And also about your projections that you put on other people, what it is that you think that people should be like or how they should act and what is your own self-projection, whether realistic or not, and what is reality and how do you 
reconcile that with your life and in, incorporate everything into a nice, fulfilling time with someone. Exactly. And it, with 910, you need to mute. All right. So there is a, a, a bigger process when it comes to dating, and that is one of the things we looked at nearing, nearing the end there was when you are reaching that high point of yourself and your major partner is going in a completely different direction and it begins a longer term debate or argument and then you still must share bed space and those arguments are never ended relationship after relationship in both your set private sessions and mine constantly reflect the story where there's energy being exchanged on a very negative level between the two because they're afraid to work their issues out mm. Yes, I mean, fear is such a huge motivator for silence. And when there is silence and the lack of communication, the misunderstanding and, you know, you going off on different tangents, when really you have a special someone in your life, you should be able to share your innermost, darkest things with them. Yet you find yourself sometimes that that's the one person that you don't seem to be able to share it with. And what do you do about that? How do you recognize it and move forward? Oftentimes, words are in such polarity or have such charge when you try to address someone else's issues that they'll 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 not want to have that conversation for months in a row. Every time you you go to pull out the crowbar or a crowbar to say, "Hey, we've got to acknowledge this," there's a shutting down of that process. Mm, yes, I love the crowbar synergy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never used a crowbar before. <laughs> ne never once, really. No, 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 not me. <laughs> well, you live and you learn, right? <laughs> exactly, you live and you learn. And, oh. and, and the whole crowbar conversation came from talking about having sexual relations and trying to get people to open up to each other. And oftentimes people choose that moment right after an intense sexual sexual relation to pull out the crowbar and say, tell me about your childhood. <laughs> well, that's the wrong time to do that. Yeah, different kind of intimacy altogether. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. But I guess often it's the awareness of that's what you're doing and seeing it, you know, being able to step back and see that using those kind of moments to use, let's say, enforce with the crowbar really is not being fair to you or the other person. You're not honoring that intimacy time that you're sharing in that sacred space and in that safe environment. Exactly, in that sacred space, safe environment that you've created. And, and Kathy, we're going to do another edition of the Big Bad Dating Game where we're going to go in-depth into other types of relationships. And we're going to be using examples from some of the people that we read. Um, you, know, you know, when people call into a public show, you are a part of the public dialogue. So for today, if people are calling in and want to talk about exclusively datings and relationships, this is an opportunity to ask both Kathy and I a different set of questions. It isn't about who you were before you came to this galaxy. It isn't about really the business. It's about the truth and authentic relationship with you have with yourself and those that you want to become bonded and partnered with or companions with or at that next level of interaction. So 917, you need to mute. All right. So our first caller is going to be 225. Your name and where you're calling from? Hi, my name is Monique. I'm calling from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Hello, Monique. How are you doing today? I'm wonderful. How are you? I am doing very good. What kind of questions do you want to ask today? 
Well, uh, one of my questions is about relationships. Um, just went through a divorce. Um, going through like this custody battle slash um, child support. And also get a little bit more um, insight about my galactic history. Okay. So what what is going on with the relationship? What is the main question that you want to ask? Um, how do I heal from this? Um, it was horrible infidelity going on um, in the relationship. He walked out on me and my kids um, without, you know, without notice. One day he just decided he didn't want to come home. And I held on to the relationship uh, longer than I should have. It was 10 months while he was sleeping next to another woman that I was still, you know, playing the wifey role, still living in a house um, that we were living in and tried to make it work. And eventually I just, you know, was the first time I experienced queer audience. I was at that point um, suicidal and about to jump off, you know, the edge of the building. Mm-hmm. And that's when I heard clear as day, you know, this is all about you. This is about your transformation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, since then has kind of been like my journey since then. And well, the first, mm-hmm. the first step to the healing is forgiving yourself for letting it go on that long. Okay. Truly saying to yourself every day, I forgive myself for trusting and I cannot allow myself to not be broken in trust for the rest of my life. I forgive myself for loving someone so much that I prayed that they would change, to use my love that they would change. I must forgive myself of wasting that love, knowing full it was not wasted because it got me through that 10 months. I must forgive myself of allowing someone else to betray me, knowing full well of the infidelities I knew of before. I did that out of love. And if that sacred act of love is going to be violated by another, then I must disentangle myself from who they are, what they are, and what they brought to our relationship. I will not sully the good memories, but allow them to be my great victories in the next process of healing. I will look into my inner woman, my inner man, and determine what type of relationship I want in the future. I will put out in the form of prayer the type of man who will come or the type of woman who will come and be a part of your greater evolving process. Now is the time to choose self-forgiveness, self-healing, and self-nurturing. Wow. That was powerful. Um, Certainly. I mean, I feel like I feel like I'm over him and, you know, I want to say that I'm over him. He has since remarried. He remarried 27 days after we got a legal divorce. Okay. And, um, you know, it was a lot of, it's a, a lot of stuff going on with the legal struggle. And, you know, I feel like, like I'm having like blood pressure issues and, you know, dealing with a lot of heart issues. Like I'm a psychic myself and I'm also an energy healer. But, I know I can feel it. <laughs> I can I just, feel it. I can feel it so much that I want to give you the next layer of advice. You're not over him at all. Okay. You've just scratched the surface. Okay. What's really important for you here is to understand you must turn your work back onto yourself. You must take your next level of healing and psychic work and apply it directly to yourself. And I know this is hard for some psychics to apply their own work to themselves. 
You must apply that energy work to that broken heart. You must connect yourself to that young woman who loved freely and openly before the betrayals came. Okay. In your energy field right now, resting just to the left of your, of your, your right ventricle, just to the left of the right ventricle, if you can imagine what a heart is, is where his energy frequency is. And then the, the pericardium, that fleshy sac that holds the heart, is where all the betrayals are. And every time something triggers you or reminds you of an argument or something, it is going right to that part in your ventricles. And it's directly affecting your heart now. This is a time where you must cut cords. Have you heard that term before? Yeah. Have I you have, done, I, have I, you done I, it? Yeah, I thought I did. I mean, probably not. If, <laughs> did um, you try it yourself or did you have someone else do it? Well, um, both. But it, I think for me, it was just so many layers to yeah. find the root of everything. It's like, it, it was just, it's like, it's like a potato. It sprouted. <laughs> Um, so I think I was cutting all the little mini cords off of it instead of actually getting to the actual roots to it. There you go. And it broke up into a bunch of pieces. This is very happening in cord cutting ceremonies that don't go deep enough. So I want to bring Kathy in here to, to look from, from more of a, a psychic metal pro perspective to bring some form of clarity of how we can heal the heart here. Hi, Monique. Um, the first thing I would say is I can really see and feel your your heartbreak um so you know i'm visualizing myself giving you a big hug because (laughs) it's times like this where hugs really can make a big difference in someone's lives um i agree with andrew in that i don't think that this guy's energy is out of your field at this point but at the same time i don't find this surprising at all because Looking at you and the way you are and the energy that you have, when you love, you love so completely that it's not possible to turn it off and dispose of it so quickly. Um, it will take you a long time to really get that energy out from within every span inside you. But that doesn't mean that you can't already move forward. But don't put too much pressure on yourself in that you still think of him or you still miss him. I mean, it's okay. It's okay to do that. But the logical side of you knows that it's over. So that part needs to move more forward. And the planning of what you're going to be doing needs to start to come into effect now. And by planning of what you're going to be doing, I mean deciding on living a life without him as opposed to wondering about him Um, thinking about him spending energy uh, and time uh, wasted, I'm going to say, with this other being. So one of the things that I see coming up for you is that I know you think this is over between you and him, but I can tell you it's not completely finished yet. There will come a time later this year where he will contact you again. And at that moment, you can give him a what's what. I think you won't be as strong in your what's what by then because you would have calmed down and moved forward more but it's at that time you have to think very clearly whether or not you really want to or not want to invite this person back into your life again because once you do find that you can 
releases energy from within you and cut those cords or at least cut the very strong cords that bond you together. To have any form of a relationship with him again will very easily uh, put those cords back together like with glue, with tape. So I guess my point is be very careful what you decide to do later on. And when I say you reconnect with him because he seeks you out, it doesn't necessarily mean that you get back together. What I mean is he might want something, he might have had an awakening, uh, it could be a myriad of things. But whether or not you want to invite someone with that energy back into your life is something at that moment in time you really have to think about. So this is something that you can put in the back of your head for now to consider what you would do when this arises. And if you don't think it will arise, just say it to yourself, if it happens, what am I going to do? How am I going to handle it? Don't be taken by surprise because if you're taken by surprise, you may do or say something you regret later. Wow, it's so interesting that you mentioned that, Kathy, because I want to say about two, three days ago, I had a dream about him, and I knew it was premonition from the moment I woke up, mm-hmm. where in the dream, he and I were laying in the bed, mm-hmm. and uh, his new wife was sleeping on the floor, and he climbed on top of me in an attempt to have intercourse, and his uh, new wife woke up and saw what was happening, and she got up and she stormed off. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, she said, "I knew something was still between y'all." And at the, you know, in the dream, I wasn't saying or doing anything. I was just laying there, mm-hmm. and then it automatically took me to another setting, um, to where we normally exchange my kids, where she was packing up her things, mm-hmm. and he, you know, and I couldn't hear, you know, audibly hear, but telepathically, I perceived them to be saying their final goodbyes, and that um, he was going back to his his life that he had before. Mm-hmm. Now, the before part is what I don't know. It, it was he referring to me or if he was she, referring she to caught, She caught him cheating. Mm-hmm. And that was a dream that God let you watch. <laughs> life is fair. What, life is fair. Okay. He continued the habit pattern with her. Mm. And that premonition is to tell you don't take him back. Oh, my God. Thank God. Yeah? But now that you're pre-warned, you know the odds of it coming up are high. You can prepare yourself so you're not taken off guard. And you can make, you know, sane and balanced decisions as opposed to be emotionally based when you are surprised and you just react very primally. Um, because one of the things that, that you also have to look at with it, with this relationship that you had, that yes, it did serve some purposes that were positive. And at some point, the relationship was very sweet. Mm-hmm. The person himself was really not for you. I mean, you're such a bright ball of energy that everything is attracted to you. It's a question of whether or not you choose to engage with it and have it in your life. So it's no surprise to me or Andrew that he would seek you out again because once you've been around that bright ball of light and energy, you go back. It's like a drug. You know, you want more. And just because he's, you know, got distracted by some sparkly little toy in the corner doesn't diminish who you are and what you are. So you will have this experience of 
of them coming back again. But how you deal with it is completely up to you. See, at the moment, I would look at you and I'd say, you know what? Actually, I'm I'm going to go 50-50. You could go either way because there's a lot of you in him. I'm sorry. There's a lot of you that still misses him so much that you would take that touch just to feel the relief that it's almost like when you're really hurt and someone strokes your hand, you know how, how comforting that is? That's yeah. the kind of feeling that, that it would provide for you. And it's very, very tempting. I'm in. Know? I'm in. <laughs> okay. yeah. Felt like I was in an astronaut sort of movie just then. Um, so that's one thing that's going to come up. Another thing that I also want you to look at is what's going on with you and the family. So even though everything else, like this has gone on, your divorce is coming up, you've got a lot of um, trouble with the divorce uh, in terms of legal and settling out things. What about the relationship between you and the child in regards to this separation? Have you talked to her about it? Um, I have. Um, I have two children, one boy, one girl. Um, we've been talking a lot about it um, since he has remarried. Um, we started a custody agreement, and my children went over there, and um, I found out that his stepchildren, my ex-husband's stepchildren, his new wife has three kids. Well, her kids sexually assaulted my kids, and when I addressed my ex-husband about it, he told me the kids are lying and he hung up in my face so now we have like this big legal dispute about that so I've been really trying to maintain a very strong and positive dialogue with the kids what do you mind uh, telling us what the assault was it was was a sexual assault how old how old was her is her the the other kid (laughs) how old is the new wife's kid six uh eight and nine Mm. Mm. This is very mm. haunted. Very haunted. Y- yeah, this is. Mm. Now, let me step in here and ask the question Monique, mm-hmm. have you had a sexual relationship with someone since breaking up? Yes. Did it fulfill you? No. Did it make it hurt? Uh, it made me feel a little gross since I'm so, like, empathic. I felt like I can still feel their energy a couple of days after. (laughs) And I just didn't like that. This is what you have to start healing in yourself. You are a divine feminine woman and sexual pleasuring is your right. This is what the demonic energy is trying to steal from you. This is why that sexual assault showed up. Your husband had issues with cheating and betraying you. Inevitably, that brings in his demons. Um. And you, as the psychic healer, must see it as that. And that there is a cord in your heart and cord into your sexual organs that's robbing you of that, that, that energy. And I know it's hard as a healer to look into yourself at the nature of what's going on in your own core being. But this is where you call upon your other friends that are healers and you go into yourself and you cure this process. Knowing that 35% of it is a demon causing the majority of these issues. And when I say demon, an actual ghost or some other form of entity that's manipulating for pleasure. Um. 
I picked that up. Um, I picked that up a couple of months ago when I would actually hear like. All right, that that is our music. Hold on, Monique, and we'll be back yes. right after the music. And welcome back, everyone. Monique, are you still there? I am. Thank you. So we were just talking about how that whole process was hurting and leaving leaving a, an ucky feeling oh. in you. Yeah. So I want to bring Kathy back in here to talk about woman power and getting that ucky feeling out of yourself. Okay. Monique, one of the things that I'm going to say about what went on is with the kids um, I mean, you know, it's just a shocking, terrible thing. Um, no words can ever really make you feel super good about that. Um, but when I look at what is coming up for all of that, I think whatever legal issues you have got going on that concerns the kids, you will get justice. So yeah. just at least have that in your knowledge and in your mind so that you can have some peace with the future about that. Because I see a lot of stress related to that for you, a lot of angst and a lot of, you know, twisting of the hanky sort of thing. But it, it will be, it will work out in your favor. So just just trust that that process will play out and it will be okay. So going, sorry? I was saying that was great to know. Thank you. Oh. Oh, you're welcome. Um, and one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about with your energy as a, a woman is that when you've bonded so closely with someone and then you've had your trust betrayed like this, it is very difficult to build that trust again. Uh, I'm not saying impossible, but it's difficult. So you have to at least recognize that it is going to be difficult. Um, it's going to be a step-by-step -step process. So one of the things I'd like you to do every day is of course, ground yourself because when you have all this kind of emotional stuff going on, it's so easy to um, get ungrounded and pop out because you don't want to feel the emotions that are going on. I don't necessarily mean I want you to relive emotions, but I want you to be able to be grounded enough to step back and see them for what they were. And you did have beautiful times, acknowledge it and let it go. You had crappy times, acknowledge it, let it go. Because don't let this experience define your future. Your energy is very bright. So you will be able to shrug this off fairly easily. Uh, if we talk about, you know, everyone that we read, and I use you as a comparison, you can shrug this off a lot easier than most people. But it will take time. You need to be patient with yourself. One thing I would also like you to do is every day go back to the basics and, you know, stand in front of the mirror and say to yourself, I am worthy, I am beautiful, I am full. Just say it, look yourself in the eyes in the mirror, believe it. When you can say it and you completely can do it automated and you already know it is true, that's when you know you're gonna be ready for something else. Don't give yourself a strict timeline. It will take as long as it takes or as short as it takes. But you must be in that space where you know that you're worthy, that there are other people out there that will not do this to you. But you, yourself, your being is worthy of love 
and you have so much love to give. This is only a hiccup in your lifetime's journey. It's it's very easy as a woman, especially, to let this get you down and you start to think, you know, you get a bit jaded about relationships and about meeting people and wondering what their ulterior motive is. And I'm not saying don't question things like that. What I am saying is be open again. You may not be open enough to be immediately ready, but there is more wonderful love relationships coming up for you. You know, you when I look at you and your energy, I know that you do have a lifetime partner of love coming up. So have that confidence that this was not the, you know, the last chance, the last step. No, this is only a hiccup, a road bump. Okay, good. Um, I have some, like, body image issues because right, right before I got, when, when I got married, I was not overweight, but once I, had, you know, got married, had babies, I gained weight, and now that we're divorced, I'm still, like, having a hard time, you know, motiv- get, you know, getting the motivation to get up and work out and have a treadmill at my house. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yesterday morning, I was like, this has to be some type of connection with my ex. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, especially with the legal issues and still feel like there's some type of cord there. So is that well, something that you... You've got so much of that energy, you know, floating around everywhere. You know, it's difficult for you to see straight. It's difficult for you to think straight. Quite honestly, I'm not so sure that the treadmill is for you. Um, I'm not saying don't do it, but one of the reasons you have trouble with it is because it's really not what your body wants. Your your body is much more like a, a yoga-based person or an aerobics-based person. You need the stretching, the thinking about positions, the engagement treadmill for you is too mundane mm-hmm. you know your your mind is too active you need something so for example if you were doing yoga poses i mean it sounds easy but actually yoga is pretty hard but every pose you have to think about it your mind is engaged if you get distracted you will fall and so we'd like something that makes you concentrate so whether it's yoga a basic self-defense, martial arts, um, aerobics, something that makes you think, but not hot yoga. For you, that would not be suitable. You overheat too easily. Mm. And then you okay. would just start thinking about your heart and that what happens if you faint. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I have the same issues myself. <laughs> yeah. But... You know, when you can find something that you can get your body to do stretching, and and it could be as simple as, you know, get a video and do it at home first if you don't feel confident enough to go to a class yet or you don't have the time. Do something that you can download and teach yourself something very basic first and then get to a class. But when I look at you and your body and um, the weight that you're concerned about, to me, once you start stretching, it will drop because once you start stretching, everything in your body starts moving. Your heart is pumping, your lymphatic system is going, your metabolism is starting to work better. So you have to think a bit more like baby steps. Do the small things first to get the other things. Think of this more as a, I'm a stretching and just getting healthy phase as opposed to weight. Okay. Because when you can focus on that kind of way, you will find that weight will drop off. 
and you won't have even noticed that you tried hard to do that. You're just trying to get healthy, you're just trying to stretch, you're trying to improve your energy. Okay, good. So I have a question now for you. What, what type of uh, healing and psychic work do you do? I'm sorry, I didn't hear your question. What 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 type of healing and psychic work do you do? Um, I use tarot. I, I do blind readings as well. Um, I do what's called auric scanning using the etheric double. Um, I'm Reiki attuned. I use pranic uh, healing. I'm working on polarity. I'm I'm really like, you know, my hand is in everything. But I've really felt drawn to sound healing, mm-hmm. and which is why I feel like I have a stronger cord. Okay, cord, C H O R D instead of C O R D. <laughs> okay. I, I I, it, okay, we have a fine line between defining in our English. So, are you doing this professionally and making money from it? Um, I'm doing it professionally, but I have not started making money um, on it yet. So, okay. um, I'm off because it's not very, it's, it's not popular where I live. It's not popular where you where you live. Is he yeah, you in so a small town? Um, well, it's not small. Like they just don't value energy work. They want you to have. They want you to be a doctor before they, you know, anybody lets you do anything or try anything new on them. So the so the um, esoteric or psychic community here it's very very segregated from everybody else. So I'm but that, that's. That. That that's in general in every neighborhood when dealing with psychics, it's that's that's general every corner that you you that you have that has or doesn't have a psychic on it has has that same issue. What what my advice for you is, you need to go delve deeper into getting the exchange of energy back for what you have learned. Um, even if it's you set you set up a, a course at the library for free, an example of energy healing, where you do example sample healings on three, four, or five people, and you make that a part of your regular monthly process that you go out and you begin to work the network crowd. Mm. There's an incredible person inside you that can make friends before the husband came on and got you fat and all that other stuff. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yes. You need to vent into that energy. Go into that direction. And then ultimately rediscover yourself who took these classes, learned these stuff during the midst of all the crazy stuff that was happening to you. Mm -hmm. Okay. I can definitely do that. All right. Darling, I know we wanted you wanted to talk about your galactic history, but we got to move on to the other callers. No problem. You've been an incredible teacher to a lot of people out there who are in the same scenario you are. Okay? And just know this. It's time for you to empower yourself to get into that self-healing, that self-nurturing, and to look at cord cutting, C-O-R-D, cutting, at a more deeper and intense level. You may need to go to an individual who specializes in that, or you may discover that it is a three-, four-, or five-day ritual in which you may need to do on your own because you created that relationship on your own. You co-created with it when it was still in betrayal energy. You gave it month upon month upon month to try to correct itself, and it did nothing but betray and sting you like the scorpion. Right. You familiar with the story of the of the turtle and the scorpion? No, I never heard of that. 
So there was a turtle and a scorpion sitting next to the edge of the river and both wanted to go to the other side. And the scorpion said to the turtle, will you allow me to ride on your back? And the turtle said, I will allow you to ride on my back, but you must promise not to sting me. And the scorpion says, I promise I won't sting you. So the turtle gets in the water and the scorpion gets on his back and they go across and halfway through the scorpion stings the turtle. And they're both falling into the water and the turtle says, now we're both going to die. And then he asked the scorpion why and he said, I just cannot help it. I am a scorpion and I sting. Wow. You allowed the scorpion in. You know that it stung for 10 months that you continued. This is what you're forgiving in yourself. Right. Take that to a high level. Take that to a high layer of psychic intuition and begin cutting cords to the scorpion. Okay. All right, darling, you have a great day. Okay, thank you. Thanks. Kathy, we have some unique callers that come in mm. you know, from the betrayals to the issues that's going on with the kids. You know, this is a classic example of someone that is going to take charge of their life, use their psychic skills and intuition after this type of session to look at their perspective in a different way, to challenge themselves to get new layers of motivation, to heal themselves at a deeper layer. Yes, challenge yourself to get deeper. That is going to be the biggest challenge that is coming up, really, because it's getting deeper is always emotions coming up, things you don't want to look at feelings you don't want to feel exactly so we're going to move on to the next caller the next caller is 314 your name and where you're calling from um hi yeah my name is trina and um i'm calling from phoenix arizona although my number is a st louis number all right so you're trina trina okay how did you find out about us um, well, uh, I guess friend of mine, Christy, told me I should call in, and I just can't believe I got through. <laughs> so I must be meant to be. It, the wheel of callers lets them at the, through at their own rate. And <laughs> does Christy do a radio show on Revolution Radio, too? Yes, she's a, 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 a big fan of yours and a student of yours, and she I learn a lot from her about you, so... Uh, Interesting. Yeah. I heard her. I heard her read the contract revocations on when her show was going off last night, and we were coming on. Okay, great. So, what kind of questions do you want to ask? Well, I um, I have psychic friends, and they always tell me I'm going to meet somebody, and um, this person's right there, right there, and it has not happened, and it's been two years that I've been told this, and I'm wondering, am I doing something wrong? Am I how can I bring this person to me? Because I'm ready for love. You're fishing in the wrong hole. Mm -hmm. Have you ever heard that term? Sort of, yes. You have a fishing pole with a bait in the water and waiting for something to sting at it or to bite at it. And that's the wrong hole. You're literally fishing in the wrong area. Okay. Okay. Now I want to bring Kathy in here and, and, and let's talk about when people are searching for that right mate, oftentimes they don't see what's right in front of them. Hi, Trina. Um, Hi there. It's a very interesting question you've asked for you at this point in your life. When I look at your energy, I can see that you think you're ready, but I really in one way kind of question whether you are ready. And I say this because I think you're not 
that clear in your mind on the type of person you want to attract. Um, okay. And this is a separate issue to, you know, with the timing of you meeting someone. Um, so when you, let me put it like this, when you're thinking or you're visualizing what it is that you're trying to attract, what qualities in someone, what they, um, and I don't mean, you know, dark hair, blue eyes, I mean the actual core being of what it is that you want in a partner. I'd like you to be very clear on it. I mean, later on, go back and start writing a list. Um, in fact, we talked about this on the show yesterday. Start writing a list because as you write the list, you will find that over time you keep refining it and um, add to it and change things. But be very clear in your mind because very often you do get what you ask for. So you have to be very specific about things what, that you want. And again, I don't mean dark hair, blue eyes. It's more like if you, you know, wanted someone that will listen to you, then don't forget to write down and understand you and listens with interest, not just listens to you, you know. Okay. So add that bit of detail. And what I want you to do with doing that is as you keep writing it, your mind will start to formulate what it wants to attract. It's almost like you're programming yourself to be receptive to this type of person. Um, to, to what the psychics have told you before, that there's someone under your nose, I couldn't say whether that is true or not. But what I do think is that you are going to find this person in the most unexpected place, purely because when you realize you have found someone, you already know them. You just have not thought of them in that way because the qualities that you're looking for, this person possesses, but you just had never considered a candidate. Hmm. Is he somebody in my life now? I'm not that sure it's someone in your life at the moment, to be honest. To me, it looks like something new. So... The only way that would work for me is if you'd actually just met them before but don't really know them. You know, like sometimes you go to a pub or a party and they're like, oh, you know, there's 50 people there. This is so-and-so, so-and-so, and, you know, you you don't even remember their names. You might have met them like that, but I don't think that you know-know them. You know okay. what I mean? Okay. Um, and I would say looking at your energy at the moment, I would expect something, some big happenings in terms of love relationship probably later next year not so much this year um, I'm not saying that there's no possibility of anything in between you know there's nothing wrong with ships in the night short term you know every relationship doesn't have to end with a lifetime um, relationship or marriage or whatever it is that you're after every relationship is worthwhile to some degree it depends what you're looking for at that moment in time but I think the timing of this coming up is probably ideal being later next year because by then you're very clear in what it is that you're looking for. Whereas okay. now I would say you're, you're really not that clear. So what that means to me is that you could have five people that are, mm, yeah, maybe I'll just give it a go. You know, even at the beginning you're not, wow, <laughs> you know. So the reason you're not feeling thunder lightning is because the thunder lightning hasn't happened for you yet because you're not 100% sure what it is 
that you want for the thunder and lightning. Does that make sense okay. for you? Yes, but I'm, I am writing my list. I've had my list for quite a while, so maybe I need to change it up or... I yeah, I mean, you know, I started my list in the late 80s. And uh, for me, I met my husband uh, just a few years ago. So I had a lot of time to play with that list. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not saying it's going to be that long for you. I'm just saying that as you go on, every month, every year, you will keep refining your list because you realize there are things that you hadn't mentioned that you um, might want. And then you weren't specific enough on things that you do want. Okay. You oh, know. It's so disappointing. It seems so long, though. But. Well, it's just the way you look at it, right? You think about it. If you're not completely ready and you don't really know what it is for sure that what you want, even if we dropped him in front of you today, what would you do with him? Would you just, just discard him because it's not what you think it is? Mm. You know, and then you've missed out. And that's a habit. <laughs> and that's a habit pattern in your life when in dealing with men. As soon as they do something that goes against the grain of your subtle judgment, you reject them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just haven't really met anybody worthy though. Again, because you've set your goals so high that there's no one worthy of those goals. Mm-hmm. Okay, and timing. Questions. And timing, Trina. Timing, yeah. If the right person that suits you for all the things that you want and that will fulfill you hasn't arrived, then it hasn't arrived. So it's all about timing. Yeah. And when the time is right, it will happen. You know, there's no point forcing something when the timing is not there. For you, I guess this call a lot is about that don't be disheartened because it is coming up. It's just not when I want it. <laughs> <laughs> well, if only we could have what we want when we want it, right? <laughs> it can be can there. Have- it, can, it can be there in an instant if you want it to be. You truly want it to be. There can be that moment of instant gratification that fills the moment and void of loneliness. Mm. But you're also not going to let yourself have that either because you set your standards so high. Yeah. Well, that's good. At least I set my standards high so we get that out of the way. <laughs> Why? Why did you set him so high? Because I've been so disappointed before. Um, from a psychic point of view, I don't think you've been disappointed that much to set your standards that high. I think you have colored some of the scenario far more than you really realize. And this is why you're not finding the person right now because of the last series of breakups, betrayals, etc. were so damaging to you. You colored your future and don't even realize that the last relationships is still literally coloring your future and camouflaging what's right around you in your own vision. So it's going to ask you, are you ready to heal the old betrayals and backstabs and bad relationships? Truly forgive them at your soul core level to thus remove the coloring of the past. So with hindsight, you can go back and look. Yes, I made this mistake and mistake in trusting. And I won't make that mistake again, but I also won't let it limit me. Okay. I think I have done a lot of forgiveness. Enough at the individuals, but not really at yourself. Okay. Otherwise, these goals and these layers wouldn't be set so high that you would have to struggle to find that next layer of love. So do I need to lower my goals of what I want? No, 
you need to change what your standards and goals are and understand that there's a part of you that has become very rigid in an expectation and as soon as one thing blinks the wrong way there's a part of you that's triggered and relates it to the last betrayal okay a part of your intuition that you've guided to never being betrayed by a man or a woman or whatever it was again mm-hmm. and that's what created these high standards so high that that no one really matches it right now not even you does that make sense to you not really (laughs) to be honest i i wasn't a uh no because even the man that i kind of see now treats me not that great and so i don't think i i I don't know i don't think i've been too rigid i think i've been the opposite i've kind of let him in my life and i probably he lingers in and he's not you know doesn't really contribute to my life. I'm more of the giver, and it's just here I am again being the giver. That so. is you enabling and not following your own goals, your own mm-hmm. standards, living below mm-hmm. your standards, thus being the victim and the tyrant of yourself. You have yeah. an emotional duality going, one that wants the great relationship and another one that doesn't want to be alone. Okay. Okay? You've got to begin removing the duality. And this is where you'll see what I'm saying. You've got, you've got parts of you that are setting goals so high and subtly judging people and you don't even realize it. Because of all of the past experiences that said, men will do this, this, and this to you. And part of your protective scenario has created these, these just way we can say, emotional setups that determine if a person is going to be worthy of you. And when they don't pass these things in their unawareness that they're even being judged or tested, do you understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. So I want to bring Kathy in here. Maybe she has another way of explaining the same process of, of what's going on here. Mm. Let, me, let me try with an example uh, to see if, if this makes sense to you. And I'm going to use very extreme examples, okay? Not, not applicable to you, but just an example. Let's say you have Mr. Perfect that pretty much is nearly everything that you want. He shows up, but he's really not very good looking and he picks his nose a lot and he doesn't know how to use his knife and fork. So socially you're like, oh, and then you have Mr. Suave, sexy over there, who doesn't have even 70% of what you're looking for, but he's, he's hot, he's good, he's got muscles. So you choose the suave, muscly guy over the socially awkward with bad habits guy who has more of what you're looking for. The music's coming, so you just, I'll leave you with that thought and we'll get back to it when the music is finished. Okay, thank you. Welcome back everyone to Adventures into Reality with myself, Kathy Ma, and the amazing Andrew Bartzis. And remember, everyone, you can get a private session with Andrew or myself by contacting Tanok at Tanok at GalacticHistorian.com. That's T-E-N-O-C-H at GalacticHistorian.com. And we'll be able to get to the bottom of your issues and help you see a better way ahead. So go ahead and contact Tanok at Tanok, sorry, contact Tanok at GalacticHistorian.com. And for those of you who don't know, Andrew is offering a free video series called Living the Mystical <clears throat> Sorry, li- 
called Living the Mystical Life Daily. He shows you some tools and gives you knowledge about how to have mystical experiences in your everyday life. So sign up for free at andrewbartzis.com. Just put your name and email when you get to the page and you'll receive the first video right away. Again, just get it at andrewbartzis.com and enter your name and email to receive the Living the Mystical Life daily series. And also, for those of you that don't know, I did launch my website, Kathy's Pearls of Wisdom. That's Kathy with a K. So please check it out and you can learn a bit more about me. So, Trina, are you still there? Yes, I am. <laughs> Thank you for waiting. So we were talking about, I was trying to give you extreme examples. Um, so we were going with the socially awkward, nose-picking a guy that might contain like 80% of what you're looking for in a guy versus the suave, good-looking, muscular guy that wouldn't even get to 70% of what you're looking for. And I think one of the things that Andrew might be trying to say to you is that what you've been doing is going for the suave, sexy guy at the moment because, I mean, it's not so much like the low-hanging fruit, but it's easier, he's good-looking, he makes you feel good, rather than looking deeper into someone and seeing if they really have what you're looking for. Uh, it's more that you've discounted them as a possibility based on more um, socially acceptable or physical attributes. And this is just an extreme example. I'm not saying this is you, but th I'm just mm -hmm. trying to highlight these are the sort of things, the issues that you've been choosing people under. Because at the moment, we've already talked about that, you know, the, the, the fabulous relationship coming up isn't here. That timing is not here yet. So in the interim, there is nothing wrong with having something short, you know, shorter term or fulfilling in different ways, or even whether it's a ship passing in the night scenario. But the, one of the reasons that you're, like, for example, now currently in a relationship where you're not feeling you're getting enough is because, number one, the timing, you haven't got to that place yet. But number two, the, the people that you've been picking are really, let's call them substandard compared to you. Mm -hmm. All right. So when we're talking about you having high standards, it's, you know, it's not a bad thing to have high standards. But impossible standards are another thing. So for you, it's easy. This is cute, nice, easy, but not fulfilling. And when you're finding that the relationship is not fulfilling, don't think, oh, it's me. It's not. It's just that, you know, the, the range that you have to pick from at, at this current time isn't spectacular. So you can't get spectacular yet. You're going to get okay. Mm -hmm. So with the people that are around you, Sorry, go on. Yes. Oh, sorry. Um, I think there was another caller. Please, let's see. 312, please try and minimize the noise on your side. Um, so what is around you at the moment? There is people of substance, but I think you're glossing over them because of other perceived ideas about them. And generally, it's going to be the more socially awkward that have more substance that you've just overlooked. And even by overlooking them, I'm not saying you're missing out ginormously because fabulous isn't here yet. Spectacular is not here yet. So, you know, it's really a much of a muchness. When you look at what it is you want from today onwards, you think about what is what are the qualities that I'm looking for. And by standards, I think it's also about 
we are brought up in a generation where we, we are um, supposed to believe in apple pie, you know. Um, mm -hmm. you, you meet a guy, it's all fabulous, it's all, you know, roses and gold and then babies and you know, live together forever happily with, you know, a year in Bermuda, a holiday in Bermuda or wherever every year. But that's not really realistic. I mean, that, that was, you know, the media, the socialization, all those things that have been part of our lives that have made us think unrealistic goals. Whereas we're kind of challenging you to think, don't think about what it is that you want in terms of already you can see him. Think of it more like what are the attributes that you want in someone and how can he make you feel so that you feel fulfilled. It's okay. almost like changing the way you look at it. So it's, it's I'm not, no one's saying lower standards. <laughs> I think it where it's the framework of English we're all using is slightly different. It's more think about what attributes he needs to possess so that you can feel fabulous, that you can feel loved, that you feel fulfilled, and he fills you with that happiness that you just want to kiss everyone in the street, even the homeless people that repel you every day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, and nothing yeah. against homeless people, but, uh, you know, it's, it's that kind of thing where you imagine when you're in that bliss, when you get there, what does that look like to you? And take away all the exterior stuff. What is the core things that will give you that bliss? And that's what yeah. you want to create. Yeah, I don't have I don't have certain looks or anything. I just have more of the there. You know, has to be an attraction, the chemistry, mm -hmm. more than just mm -hmm. like blue eye, dark hair. I've never been one that goes for that particular. There's a particular type. Yeah, I yeah. Want, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I know. I was using extreme examples. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just to highlight yeah. the the. The big um, ends of the uh, spectrum, I suppose. Um, yeah. <laughs> can I ask another question? It's a little off. I have a little boy that's eleven. Mm -hmm. What can I do to to be to bring out his potential? I'm a single mom and just trying mm -hmm. hard to. Mm -hmm. Um. I'm looking around because he seems like he's interested in so many different things. You'd almost sometimes think he has an attention problem because he can't focus on one thing. When he, when he does focus, he focuses well, but then he gets distracted very easily. Um, have you considered something more complicated mathematic games with him? Yeah, yes, we play chess, and he was learning Mandarin. I mean, now that that's really mathematic, but those are more challenging things mm. for an 11-year-old. Um, but but I mean, like, more complex math, you know, games. I mean, I would suggest look something up on the Internet um, okay. because he needs challenges. When he's really got his teeth into something, he can really focus. That's why I'm thinking complicated math because it will force him to focus and he likes to win. So he, he will want to finish the problem before he abandons it. That's because true. he doesn't want it to beat him. <laughs> yes, you're exactly right. But he, it will train his mind, the discipline, to focus. Um, okay. Yeah. I, it's a weird way to go with this one, but I think that will really help him because once he can retain that focus – the world is open to him in terms of being able to dabble with other stuff. But this will be the core thing that will help him. Um, he is 
you know, one of those kind of guys that I think would be excellent at solving complicated codes. Um, you know, like, you know, the Enigma machine at the war, you know, um, uh -huh. ciphers, codes. And the reason he would enjoy it is not necessarily the math. It's the secrets. He likes breaking secrets. He likes to know people's secrets. He actually doesn't care about them. He just likes to know them. And he, he likes to know that he can break any secret code that they might have. <laughs> oh, wow. Message okay. itself is irrelevant. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> but it's, it's unusual to come across such an inquiring mind and someone who has such an interest in just beating the system, you know, whether it's math, code, um, complex chemical formulas, it's being able to achieve that is what is the excitement. Well, he says he wants to be a lawyer and take down Monsanto when he gets older. Does your son have a have an issue or an affinity to water? An issue? He loves water. He feels a connection with it. Like, does he? Did he learn to swim at a young age? Yes. Mm-hmm. You should. You should maybe invest into a summer boating camp. Okay. Or maybe even making his own wooden boats. From there, he will learn complex geometry and complex math and hand-eye coordination. Okay. Where, 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 where is you calling from? I'm calling from Arizona, the desert. But we do have the middle of the desert, so, yeah. Yeah. so it's, it's hard to find boat boat places unless you have lakes around you. Yeah, he's going to Italy with his dad come July for three weeks, and they're an, they're going to be in Sicily, an island right there on the water. Well, may, encourage them to go down to a boat boat building factory. That would probably be really, really advantageous for him. Okay, I will. That sounds great. So, did you have any other questions that you want to ask? One more question. I just lost my mom June eighth. Oh, I'm very a little empty, a little sad. So, is it the mourning process that's getting you sad, or is it just the emptiness? Just the emptiness. All right, so I want to do a little little process. Have you ever heard me do the repeat after me thing? I think so. Okay, basically, I'm gonna I'm gonna help you create a prayer in the moment that's gonna connect to that frequency. Okay. So just repeat after me. I am the ever present moment. I am the ever present moment. Choose to make a clear, concise statement. Choose to make a clear, concise statement. I open my heart. I open my heart to the expression of loss, to the expression of loss for the mother I enjoyed at birth, for the mother I enjoyed at birth. I go back into the time where I was a fetus in her womb. I go back in the time when I was a fetus in her womb and I broadcast my ancient future love and I broadcast my ancient future love so she may make her transition. So she may make her transition into soul family member. Into soul family member. She has passed the great eye of the needle. She has passed the great eye of the needle. And her consciousness has transformed. And her consciousness has transformed into light. Into light. I call to her consciousness in light. I call to her consciousness in light. 
And I share my ever-present love. And I share my ever-present love. I share my stories of my son. I share my stories of my son. My trials and heartbreaks. My trials and heartbreaks. And my great victories with my mother. And my great victories with my mother. I continue to share this experience in a seamless way. I continue to share this experience in a seamless way. Knowing full well I am still deeply connected. Knowing full well I am deeply connected. For she has been transformed into the light. For she has been transformed into the light. And in my ever-present moment. And in my ever-present moment. She is a sacred thought away. She is a sacred thought away. Until I can deeply connect again. Until I can deeply connect again. On this plane. On this plane. As a fetus in her womb. As a fetus in her womb. I shall never forget my time with you. I shall never forget my time with you. You have fulfilled my life's goals. You have fulfilled my life's goals. And shown me a new way to live. And shown me a new way to live. And your presence is always in my heart. And your presence is always in my heart. For you now now my guardian angel. For you now are my guardian angel. And so be it. And so be it. That's beautiful. Thank you. That's how close you are. Everyone out there, for whoever is mourning the loss of someone, you are that close. You make that moment sacred to your heart. And the person that was helping her go through there was just looking at her heart, touching on the words that were in that void space that were echoing nothingness. And by bringing the heart's truth forward, there's a little bit of a micro-healing that can go on moment to moment, word to word, reconnecting to you, the mighty person of the now, who has the ability to see transformed light in their memories and have connections to them forever. Thank you. You're welcome. Darling, we we, we must move on to the next caller. Okay, thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. You too. Bye-bye. Kathy, we have some very special callers. Yes, we do. That was just, oh, my heart was just, oh, that was great. It was great to hear that. When we choose to use our sacred voice and use our uh, connected to our heart, we have that power to not just bring up the tears of healing and joy and happiness, but the next layer where we truly connect to those heartfelt beings transformed in light. As she was beginning to to tear up, she was feeling the connection of her mother, feeling that void space. Mm. Yeah, you could feel it. That was very powerful. Yes. All right, let's move on to the next caller. 312, your name and where you're calling from? Hello? Hi, your name and where you're calling from? Oh, yeah. My name is Ryan. I'm calling from Chicago. Hi, Ryan from Chicago. What kind of questions do you have? Oh, wow. Um, well, I just want to say uh, thank you, first of all. And I guess I'd ask um, my galactic origin and the best way to assert myself in the world. Okay. What year were you born? Uh, 1989. 
right, so your origins. Let me scan here for a second. So in 1989, did you have a sibling that was born with you? No, I have a sibling born in 1991. All right, so there, there's something right there with your birth. Do you have birthmarks on your body? Mm, yes, mm-hmm. on my forearm. All right, that is where you absorbed a twin. At at you you st- you you weren't a single being when you were born, um, you were beginning a twinning process, and your body began to absorb it. And whatever you have birthmarks on your body are the places where the final cords that were connecting the other the other spirit in the womb that was with you. So you have two sets of codes this lifetime, but you're just one soul. Um, that's what happens when when we when the fetus consumes the other side because the other soul, it didn't have its actual immigration date in. So you have a humongous wide open expression that is all directly yours because the other spark that was trying to come in was a soul shard of yours. And one of the ways you agreed to heal with the soul shard is that you would share a womb as a twin so that you can learn innately with each other through, through a series of lifetimes how that soul shard can come into trust with the master avatar and the master avatar can come back into full love and trust with the soul shard. Um, and this is what this lifetime was meant to be, but something occurred that that didn't allow that soul to come through. And you're now to here, here to complete some of its contracts, but they're still ultimately yours um, because it was your shard that you chose to came, come in with. Um, you have, you know, the first path is going to be that or the path of the healer, um, dealing with light and sound healing. Um, I can see you using all forms of different forms of colored light, um, modified with sound healing in, in crystal chambers, um, doing great volumes of healing, along as well as a musician that, that has to learn the, uh, how sound functions. That is the side of you that came through. Are you a musician right now? I'm a painter. You're a painter. And that's what you do for a job? Um, my passion. I do other stuff for money. All right. What do you do for a job? I um, clean houses. Okay. So the, the, other, the other part of you is the one that's trying to strive for the great goodness and trying to be a great leader in the world, to be a thought leader, one that can outcreate everyone else that's around him, the genius with the cause and not a rebel without a cause. That is the other part of you this lifetime. So it is a matter of combining those two processes so that the bigger you, the galactic history version of you, can be understood. So the synthesis of this lifetime of healing and understanding the thought leading that it it takes to be a, a mass creator, in your ancient galactic history, this is what you did. And this is what is in your race amnesia right now, what is in your genetic amnesia. And what is, in, is missing in your soul's memory is the times that you were, the synthesis of all that was, is, and could be through that projection of the great divinity self who was on the path to not be a martyr, but to transform light around everyone. So your first major part of galactic history recommends when you when you became a Lemurian for the first time. Um, Lemurians were not the first species of this world in any way, shape, or form. They were invited to come here, just as if somebody from New York or Washington, D.C. was coming invited to live in somebody else's house. 
So for many millions of years, those Lemurians were called that, the first that immigrated here and became a citizen of this world. But there was still no first species. That's when you arrived here 54 million years ago, and you did that voluntarily to be a part of a seventh-density galactic seed planet. You had codes within your soul that said you were going to go to a part of the universe that had brand new expressions of life force in it and that you were going to bring them out of feral energies and tame them into different worlds and create living planets with celestial entities inside them that would nurture and grow young spirits. And over many millions of years, you would go back to these places and look for the higher forms of consciousness and then bring them back to your home world, not as creator being, being introduced to micro being, but equal co-creators in the next level of life. That was where its original purpose until ultimately this process of war came here and the great evolution that came through timeline genocide. So you didn't come from somewhere else, you came from here. All right, we are going to be on our break. Just hold on a second, and we'll be right back. And welcome back, everyone. I'm getting some kind of echo over here. So uh, we were talking about your galactic history. So we were saying you were original to this world. You were one of the original invitees. Yes. Okay. What does exactly does that mean? Original invitees? Mm, when Earth hadn't decided if it was going to spawn species or ask other species to come and live on its surface kind of like a business and do things in a structured reality because Earth was able to structure its reality in its own way, shape, and form and hand individual physical properties and physics properties to the species that were living on its surface. Each being could have their own individual infinite space while they were a citizen of Earth. So was this before all the time wars and the 52 yes. years of... of 50, yeah. Okay. That would be before that. So you existed here before that. So you were already a part of the galactic history of Earth when it was beginning its formation of its bigger agenda. It took many millions of years to be able to have invitees to come there, to make a surface world, a hollow world, and an astral world that was going to do what was needed to have 200 womb chakras on it that then could seed life in other worlds. So you are one of those people that is like a founder being. Have you ever heard that term, founder? Yeah, like the Founding Fathers. Like the Founding Fathers. Like you were part of the founding group that said, all right, we're going to make DNA lineages. We're going to start sharing experiences in this infinite space that's Earth that's connected to the dreaming mind of the universe. We're going to create physical technology and spiritual technology. We're going to explore the various, various concepts of time because there are things that we're going to want to seed life on and we aren't going to be there to watch it its entire process. So we're going to need how to travel through time and understand time and seed life throughout different forms of galaxies that are even yet into creation and to create massive prediction models that come from unity consciousness systems that are not artificial intelligences that are able to predict the creation or creational process of the universe so that it, they can insert DNA knowledge and wisdom into blank Akashic record worlds so that they can grow the greatness of life. That's incredible. That's you. 
That's your galactic history. That's why you came to this world. That's why you're still here. And I've been here since then? Well, no. <laughs> you have oh. other parts of you that exist and coexist in other dimensions, time streams, galaxies, universes, and meta-universes. You are a founder being, meaning you did not originate in this universe. You are part of the 11th immigration. So about 5 billion, about 5 billion, 700 million years ago is when you came from another universe here with the direct purpose of becoming a founder being. Because you uh, had not done it in your previous experiences in the other universes. So I came from a different universe. Correct. And many, like 75% of the souls come from different universes. This universe only spawns about 25% of its own life. This is why I was talking to you before about taming the wild life force that is out there. This is why people come to, be, to learn in this universe that they can create life at the most rawest levels, manifest sentience. So when we hear artificial intelligences, these are other beings who are trying to create raw intelligence out of the background energy that's in an area. And that is just one way of creating something. There are whole different ways of creating things, like bio bio biologically creating with artificial machines 10 million trees simultaneously, and then inviting the feral energy to come in and live into that energy by using technology so that it can come and bond with those trees who aren't hollow souls that are just clones waiting for another soul spark to come in and and take over the technology of a tree, which is to be grounded into the earth and having spiritual photosynthesis go on so you can be nurtured by the dreaming mind and consciousness of the planet. Wow. Um, so so what's, what would be the next step for me to fulfill that, you know, that creative, creative part? I'll be blunt, stepping into a thought leadership role, creating something with the divine source that's connected to you that changes this world. I would start with seeds. You know, you've got to plant your own seeds and understand you're a founder being. And bringing that energy into yourself, meaning you have to create something, something new in the now. Everything's been created before us. But what can you create? How can you harvest and nurture the raw sentient energy that's around you? And that's where you can take the most simplest technology of a seed and go get a handful of seeds and put them in a pouch around your neck and sleep and dream with them for as many days in a row as you can. And then you go and start be Johnny Appleseed, planting seeds everywhere you can go. And you begin a regular journey of going back to see what seeds grow building your own hyper garden in the moment of now so that your spirit garden, your offspring, your founder's children can begin to communicate to you at a new layer. And what about the music? Should I start diving into music? Well, you're into art right now. What kind of art? I mean, I just, I you know, like, like painting, uh, you know, just beautiful, you know, um, interstellar, you know, crazy artwork, just, you know, just stretch my imagination in any way that way is possible. Just okay, what I've I, always done. Okay. Do you, do you have any art skills? Are you a good drawer? 
Yeah, yeah, I love to draw. Okay. Well, you can use music and drawing at the same time. And this is where you can create musical lyrics and how it has songs into it that is designed to amplify you when you're drawing. That's going to identify you and just you. You know, the type of song that lures out the pure hyper-creative person who can go into the mystical experience of music acting as a healing to amplify the creative being within, to connect to the thought leader, the thought creator inside you, to connect into the hyper-motivation, the hyper-motivated person, to create something of, of artistic hyper-creation. Mm-hmm. Sounds like I get to be very imaginative. <laughs> yes, I, I want to bring Kathy in here to help you out real quick. Okay. Hi, Ryan. It's, Hi, Kathy. It, it seems to me that you have something going on in your mind. I mean, obviously, you've got a lot to churn over with all the new information from your galactic past. But mm-hmm. in your in your present life, is have you got some issue that you're trying to toss around and make a decision on? Well, I don't know. I've just always been looking for direction in life. Like recently, I just, you know, traveled last winter. I went to Seattle and that was amazing. And now I'm going to travel pretty soon, then Mexico to August. And, you know, just trying to figure out what what I need to do, you know. And I had like a really rough relationship like two years ago. And like that just put me on a course that I've just been going on. And, you know, I've been living in Chicago for seven years and just trying to figure out what's best for me here or somewhere else. And I don't know, just looking for what's next. Do you mind sharing with us a little bit about why the relationship was a bit rough? Oh, because I just thought it was so special. I mean, I know I was young at the time, but, you know, we just had so many amazing experiences. Everything clicked so well. Like, I, then, like, then some, then one day tables, turned and everything was opposite and you know she just started uh she left me for like two guys at different times who were just like totally the opposite of me like i was like helping her like talk about you know spirituality and like getting all these practices she started going to yoga school and and doing all these great things and then she started getting involved with guys who are very materialistic and not spiritual and i was so confused and i you know and i even like you know, found like some, some gypsy person found me and told me, Oh, you have like some dark stuff over you. And like, and I was, they're like, are you, there's somebody who just, it was you're getting away from me, but you love. And I was like, so believing them, I gave them money and all this. Cause I was so into this relationship mm-hmm. and it just like tore me apart. And cause it never worked out. Like we got back together again and she left me for somebody else. who was like, you know, you just like not like me at all. And it was just, just mm-hmm, awful. Mm-hmm. Did you get lucky Heather from the gypsy? What's that? Did you get Lucky Heather from the Gypsy? Oh, they gave me some holy water and crystals. Okay. I'm sorry. I was just having a little little bit of fun there. Yeah. Because in the old days, all Gypsies would always give you Lucky Heather. <laughs> so uh, I was just curious. You know, when, when you're speaking about that relationship and I'm um, looking at the energy, you know, how can I put this in a nutshell for you? Look at it more like this. This person just was not ready to go down the road that you were already on. Um, Even though there was interest shown in a spiritual awakening and moving forward in more spiritual development, there was too much resistance 
So no matter what you did, no matter what you said, you would have always hit that brick wall. Um, one of the reasons that she probably ultimately chose people that were completely different from you is it's like running away. You know, it's easier not to face what is hard and scary and difficult and go back to something which is, you know, fake and easy and comfortable. To challenge yourself to be more spiritually developed or even grow as a person is difficult. Um, there's no two ways about it, nothing easy about it at all. And the more that you have self-awareness, the more you go down and start to develop yourself and broaden your horizons, the harder it is because you have to face certain things about yourself and about reality around you. And some people just are not ready. It's too hard. So rather than, you know, keep sticking at it, they run, you know. It, to use a, an example, think of it like this. Some kids would rather not study, so they're just going to cheat. And that's how they get through life. That's how they get through school. And it's a bit like that. Sometimes it's just too hard to study. It's too hard to evolve. It's too hard to keep on going and face things. So it's easier just to take whatever's nearby and just jump on that and not think anymore. When you're encountering a situation like this and it ends, in your case, like a, a breakup, the thing to remember is, just think about how much you opened her mind and broadened her horizons. Whatever she chooses to do with her journey is now up to her. But think about the great gift that you've given her, the gift to think, the gift of choice. And that's partly, a huge part, I'd probably say, of what that relationship was about. So when you look back at it, don't think of it as the turbulent and tough time. Think of it as... You learned something from her, which is very valuable, and, you know, you've broadened her mind, you've opened her eyes, and that can't be closed. And wherever she takes it, that's her personal choice. She was very lucky to have had you in her life and to hold her hand going through this. But now it's time for you to embark on more journeys with more relationships, and you have love out there. It's just that you're a little bit tarnished by what's gone on, but don't let that those incidents in your life affect you to the point where you will not create something new and beautiful and wonderful with someone else because you do have a lot of beautiful and really heartwarming I mean I can really feel the love coming up for you so you have a lot to look forward to so be open to it rather than look at it with through jaded eyes yes yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. go on. Yeah, um, yeah, I totally agree um, that the whole experience was just something for me to learn from. And, I, and I'm so grateful for it, for where it's brought me today. Uh, but, you know, I just, I just want to say, I get just thinking about it, you know, it's just so hard not to get so emotional, you know, and, mm. but, you know, like, uh, well, I don't it's know. Because you, you love with your full heart. You know, it, that's the kind of person you are. Even when you're hurt, you still love with your full heart. And you will always be like that. I mean, it's so great to be open and be able to love like that. You know, I couldn't even tell you the amount of people that I've come across that are not even capable of that. They want it, but they're not capable of it. You're very lucky to be in that position where your heart can be so open. 
And I'm sure there's a lot of envy as we speak because so many people want it but don't know how to get it, don't know how to open that heart. So for you, your next big thing is just taking that little step of trust again and moving forward with something else. Yes, yes. Moving Moving forward into the bigger scale that is you, getting out of your own way. And allowing surrender to love means something to you. The love of yourself, the love of your artwork, the love of the world that's around you, the love that, that, that if faith that connects you to the universal spirit that's working through you, knowing that there is a right and perfect mate around the corner for you if you should just allow healing as your natural resonance. Yes. Yes. And you know, I just want to surrender to it and you know, just whatever it takes, and mm-hmm. I'm glad I had this opportunity. Yeah, I'm glad you 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 called in too, because you know, after this call, you can surrender to the creativity that is still love in another form, and make something that is your healing artwork that says, "I am done with this woman." Everything that I wanted to finish in my experience with her is here in this artwork, complete. Tabula rosa, clean slate. It is now for you time to step into that power of the co-creative divine love source in you. Can you make yourself source incarnate now? That is your own personal challenge now. Incarnate with enough love for yourself that you can love others again. Yes. And the trust again. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for what's next. You know, I'm uh, like I said, I'm going to Mexico in August, and I'm very excited to see what you know life has planned for me there. So, why are you cleaning houses now? Is that uh, well, just what um, you've set yourself to do? Uh, no, I mean, uh, I uh, I was working for a private house cleaning company when I lived in Seattle, and so when I moved back to Chicago in May. Um, you know, it was just, you know, I was familiar with it and I felt like it'd be, you know, easy to get a gig doing it with just having experience with it. And and I, I found this, you know, fairly nice, you know, gig here in Chicago doing it. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's been flexible for me. And, you know, I was only going to be in Chicago for three months. So I just you know, needed something quick and, you know, quick cash. And Seven years later, seven years later, you're still there. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why I'm asking why are you still doing that why in the last seven years haven't you found something that's more completing for you uh, uh, I don't uh, you're still hurt I mean, yeah I mean I just I wanted to get, you know make my art you know something that. You know, it's just about, and once I moved to Chicago, I had to start working right away after, you know, started going to college and, you know, just after I started working, it's bills and work and, mm-hmm. you know. And you found yourself in the unbreakable cycle of bills and work versus energy to create. Okay. This is the yeah. vicious cycle you have to break in yourself. Okay. Mexico is that mm-hmm. opportunity to break the cycle. But on a bigger scale, what is it that you want to do that can get you out of the rat race a little bit more? 
Yeah, I need more comfort room. <laughs> My finances would be nice. <laughs> Start selling your artwork. Start going to the local you know, flea markets or farmer's markets that will allow people to put up a booth. You have to step into power. And we only have a couple minutes left, and I want Kathy to come in here and, and give you a, an action plan from business concepts. Okay. Hi, Ryan. Hi. One of the things I want to ask you is when you paint these pictures, do you actually have an intention to sell them? Um, not at first. It's, you know, it's just what comes out of me and, and people like them and they want to buy them. So, you know, that ends up happening sometimes. I'm asking you this question because I want you to think about this later. Okay. But when okay. I look at it, it doesn't look to me like you paint them to sell them. You paint them for yourself, yes, and you, yes, you do know that they might be sold, but you're not painting them for sale. When you paint a picture from now onwards, I want you to think about that. You paint something, when you create it, you put that energy in it that you're going to sell it because you will notice that the things you paint are not quite the same. I'm not going to say that you're channeling a different kind of energy over it, but you're going to put a more of an abundance energy in it, like a wealth abundance, a finance abundance energy to that painting. And when you can do that, they will fly off the walls. But you have to do that. You have to make a conscious choice when you wake up and you start painting. You know, when, how can I, another way I can put this is when you, truly decide that you want to move forward and you want to drum some money up to even either continue this or do something else, you will find that you can do it. But until that point where you choose it, it won't happen. And I know that you you think you've chosen this and you're trying, but I'm going to challenge you with this thought to mull over over the next week yourself. Just you and yourself and the mirror. You talk it through. Are you really choosing that? Or are you just, yeah, well, you know, maybe it will sell, maybe it won't, you know. But I'm not going to think about that. You need to be much more tough with yourself. You need to think about, this is my goal, this is what I'm doing. No more fighting around. When you can find that drive within yourself, things will happen. But until you can actually own up to that and that's what you're doing, it's just, just going to be blah, blah, blah up down up down and you don't need to tell us now if that makes sense to you i want you to think about it and then if you can make that decision about it i want you to call us in a few months and let me know what happened i don't even need to have to give you a plan because if you can really do that that artwork will fly off in sales because it will happen you have to want it you have to think it you have to create it mm-hmm Yes, I it's understand. It's that simple for you. To set the intentions. Yes, but That's also your- acknowledge it. That's your mm-hmm. biggest, two of your biggest challenges. What yes. I want to happen. Yeah. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And then create it. 
We won't even need to give you a plan because for you, once you've made that decision and you're going for it, you will do it yourself. You won't even need to. All we want you to do is call us up and tell us how you did it. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's how powerful your intention is going to be for you. That's what's going to work. And you might want to look at this. Your artwork is inspiration to others. And yes, it has a piece of your heart, but that's the gift of the art. It has the piece of your heart in it. And it communes to people on ways you haven't even begun to understand yet. Share your creativity and know that you can make something that is priceless. Artists have been doing it since the dawn of art. And when you make something that is priceless, you give the two big middle fingers to the system and say, I'm going to do it again and again and again and again and again. Yes. Well, I I feel like I'm making some good steps and yeah, I just have to push myself, you know, and I'm just stay on top of myself. Yeah. More of challenge this parts of you that wants to suppress yourself. The one who subtly chose to not change careers over seven years and to take what was the first offering of the city. That's subtle Mm -hmm. suppression and subtle regression of yourself. Until mm. aggression energy comes in, and you write it, and you do an aggressive piece of artwork that gets your chi flowing again. You you need to have that flowing chi in all different formats for for you to be a complete person. You can't allow stagnant energies around you. I know that no. this has been been a bit of an emotional reading for you, and you you started wanting to know your galactic history, so you're a founder being. Mm-hmm. What is that truly going to do to you now? I just want to create now. Knowing that was your original soul purpose to create. You go out there and create, brother. And call us back and share with us your inspired creations. 